I just say, hey, hey, oopsie do, oopsie do, you're gonna make mistakes too. And when you do, we just say, oopsie do, oopsie do, it's just a thing we all do. Welcome to a very special 181st episode of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I am your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And today's episode is a Grammy special. The Grammy Awards are this Sunday, and I talk to two, two of the acts that are nominated for the Best Children's Album of the Year. I talked to Tim Kubart, who has been on the show before, but we talked about his new record and all of the things that he's up to. And I talked to newcomers on the scene, Frank and Dean. These are two great conversations. And the first song you just heard was a small clip of, of Tim's new song, Oopsie Doo. And then the second one is I Blew My Kazoo at the Zoo by Frank and Dean. And at the end of each of these artist episodes, you will hear their song. So I don't want to get into too much here because this is uh, there's a lot, a lot to cover, a lot of ground here. Two interviews with two amazing artists, um, and uh, Grammys are really special. I've always it's always been a dream, you know. So if I can't get a, a Grammy nominee nominee, I can get a Grammy. I, you know, I don't know whatever that means. If I can't get a nomination for a Grammy, then what better way than to talk to people who have been nominated about the incredible music that they're making for kids and families? Of course, if you want to reach me, email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com. would love to hear from you. Okay, with no further ado, first up, Tim Kubart, and following Tim, Frank and Dean. Thanks for listening. Good luck to all the nominees. By the way, past guests of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, Lucy Kalantari, shout out, and Falu, shout out, and good luck to the pop-ups as well. Future guest of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, shout out. Here's Tim Kubart, followed by Frank and Dean. We got good stuff, good stuff, good stuff, good Stuff. Good stuff. Good podcast. Oh yeah! It's extremely great and amazing to welcome back to the Good Stuff Kids podcast, Tim Kubart. Tim, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really, really well. So we have quite a few things to talk about, even since the last time we talked, where we got to know you a little bit and heard about your record and all of the stuff that you're doing. But in the last few months, you've you've been extremely busy. Is that an understatement? I'm sorry, you actually cut off. Can you say oh, what no. you said one more? <laughs> uh, uh, did you miss the the whole thing? No, just that last. You said in the last few months, and then you said, "Is that an understatement?" Oh. And I was like, "I'm sure." <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, in the last few months, you've been extremely busy. Would that be an understatement? Yeah, I've been pretty busy. It's it's funny that uh, uh, it kind of. Every day, it seems like there's something I could be doing, so I can be busy, and I can choose <laughs> not to be busy sometimes. You know? Yeah, that's sort of the beauty of, of working for yourself, I guess. So, yeah, 
So you just, and we're going to try to take this in some sort of like order here. We got like four subjects that I want to get to, but you just put out a brand new record called Building Blocks. And um, so it, to me, it sounds like it's really sophisticated and it sounds like you're really kind of going for, and correct me if I'm wrong, like a sort of seven to 10 year old on this one. Is that, is that accurate? Are you like aiming for a specific age group when you were writing for this record? Uh, generally, I don't really um, aim for an age group. I do uh, care about what kids are listening to on the radio. So a lot of times that's stuff that might be that uh, stuff on the radio is targeted towards that age as well. Just uh, I'm talking about like Katy Perry and whatever the new thing is, because that's what 10 year olds like to hear. Um, so we try to make sure that our music is at the same place that all that is my Producer Dominic Falacaro is currently working with Max Martin, who writes kind of all of those songs. He writes uh, most of the Katy Perry songs. He wrote half of the Taylor Swift record. Um, so my producer Dominic is working on uh, with Max Martin and taking these songs and turning them into uh, a big musical. So Dom's been working with those songs, so sort of took that knowledge and brought them to our music. Um, as far as the lyrical content, I really try to think all ages. Uh, I think about kind of what what types of things kids might be going through, but then taking that and thinking how that could relate to kind of anyone's story. Uh, the way that uh, we have a song about the first day of school, but it's really about kind of how our relationships change as we grow. Yeah. And, and it's a song like Bigger, um, that's like – that really resonates, right? Like, so what, what, what's the thought behind that particular piece? The first song? Oh, uh, the first song. Well, the, the album is a, uh, it's, it starts with a birthday song and it ends with a birthday song. Well, it, the second to last song is another birthday song. Uh-huh. Uh, and we just kind of wanted to play with this idea of growing and, um, the way that, uh, kids grow. They both, uh, you know, as, as we grow, um, we think like, oh, I'm learning more, I'm bigger, I'm stronger. And then thinking about how as a community, we're all growing together as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how all ages are always growing, we're always learning. So kind of starting with sort of the I and then ending with the we. Right. Uh, thinking about how we're all growing. And I think a good example of that is the song Ready For You. Um, so when I listened to it, I, 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 and we'll talk about the video too. So I, I was listening and watching the video. And it's so like, it's got like the, I, I hesitate to call it a twist, but it's kind of got this amazing twist where, you know, we're talking about kids as they grow. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Ready For You is my favorite song on the record because it kind of, it achieved what we were trying to do with the songs, which is sort of have this universal message, but have it be directly about a story of a kid. Um, and that song is is about being ready to take care of a dog. But yeah, we don't even say the word dog or say anything about dogs until halfway through the second verse. Um So it's really just about how I'm good at taking care of myself, so I'm ready to take care of something else. And I would hope that anyone who's listening can hear what that means to them, which it might mean a dog to any age, which Mm -hmm. that song is 100% about a dog. But it's also a little bit about how 
I am ready for a family. Uh, mm. Personally, that's kind of what that, that song's to me is about being ready to take care of a kid, but it's also about totally being ready to take care of a dog. <laughs> Awesome. I love that insight into what's going on in your world, Tim. It's amazing. Yeah, it, no doubt. It's hard to, to write music without making it personal. Sure. Absolutely. Especially when you're doing it and like thematically thinking about growing up and like it's um, it, it's totally reasonable for, for that aspect to, to dribble into the personal. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the the album is about kids growing up, but I'm growing up, even though I'm a person in my mid thirties. Everyone is growing up, depending. I mean, wherever you are, you're continuing to grow. Yeah, I just, you know, on that note, I just uh, applied for healthcare through healthcare.gov. Very grown up thing to do. Very grown up. Um, so, I mean, I, I love that. I, I, I love the song. And, and as I said to you sort of before we started rolling, you, you doubled down on the cuteness. So you have a bunch of like cute kids who are talking about how they're growing up and then you introduce the dogs and it's just like cuteness, <laughs> cuteness overload. And it just looks like everyone is having the best time in that video. We made it happen very quickly too. We shot that over the course of two days and the uh, video was done by uh, over a weekend, and the video was done by Thursday. Oh my gosh! Wow! Uh, and I didn't even find the kids until a few days before uh, that. But what I like about that video is all of the kids are performing with their own dogs. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah. So, so, uh, so I, I wanted. I only wanted to find kids who had dogs, so that what they were singing and how they were performing with their dog was exactly was true. Mm-hmm. Um, so it made, it made finding the kids a little bit more difficult. Uh, but we found kids who were so excited to, to be on set and have their dogs on set with them for the first time. That's so fun. Yeah. It's, it, and it, it probably yeah. made kids feel a little bit more at ease, right? Maybe sure. because they had, well, yeah, I was, I was pretty worried about kind of what it's all going to be with dogs. So that <laughs> I was worried about who are these dogs, uh, and like, I was worried about dogs running into each other, so we actually uh, all of all of the groups of kids and families who came, uh, they were pretty spread out. So there were there were good chunks of breaks in between because uh-huh. I I didn't want anything to happen when with because these are these are dogs that don't know each other. We're trying to make the thing, but also the every time you see me in the video, uh, you see me um, with a different dog almost every time. Mm-hmm. And all of the dogs that I have are currently up for adoption um, at a little shelter on Long Island, New York. Wow. Uh, so uh, there, most of them are dogs that uh, because of uh, the hurricanes uh, in the South, they, they got brought up to Long Island. Uh, so they're currently up for adoption. So oh. I just wanted to, Shout out to that. Interesting. I love I love that sort of layer to it. Um, and I will say that there's a scene at the end with you sort of sitting on the floor with like, it looked like five or six dogs. And I don't think I've ever seen someone look happier. <laughs> I am a big fan of dogs. <laughs> um, so another... Oh, writing that song and making that whole thing happen was definitely a dream. Yeah, uh, it's great. It's great. And it's a beautiful song too. It's a great song. Um Okay, so I wanted to hear a little bit about some of the collaborations. So the first is uh, you did a song with Steve Burns, um, who we know from Blues Clues and his band Steven Steven, who put out a record last year. How did you get involved with working with him? Uh, well, Steve's a friend of mine. We met uh, we met at a there's a children's media thing, and uh, I was leaving an event while he was 
go, going into the event, mm-hmm. and we had never met before. <laughs> but I recognized him immediately. I was like, hey, Steve, my name's Tim. Uh, I host a kid's TV show. <laughs> know each other and be friends? Uh. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, And it kind of ended with that. But then the next day, he reached out. He found me on Twitter. And he sent a message being like, yeah, let's go get that coffee. Um, so we, I, 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 he only lived a few blocks away from me. So we went to a coffee shop and talked for three hours. Um, and he had a lot of advice and we've, we've stayed friends ever since. And this is the first record I'm making since then. So I contacted him and asked if he would do a, a little silly song with me. And he said, yeah. That's great. I mean, I love that. I love that you guys are, are like real life friends and, and, and talk to each other about your, your shared experiences in a lot of ways. Um, it's really cool. Um, so the other one, and there's like some, some layers to this one too, is a good friends hard to find, which is a little bit of a slower song. And you collaborate with someone that you work with in like a sort of a couple different capacities, um, which is Sarah. And then I'd love to hear about what it's like to work with her. Cause she can really sing. She can really do it. And we'll t- I was, I, when I listened to that song, I'm like, wow, it's a good thing. I was feeling good the day I was recording my vocals. Cause she sounds so good all the time. Yeah. She's it's like really good, really good. And then, so, so you and Sarah work together in, um, postmodern jukebox and then something that we're going to get to in just a couple seconds a a brand new project um but what i was interested in is you found little kruta i don't know if i'm saying that right but i would love to hear like how you got involved with them and what they're all about cool well i'll talk about uh sarah first yeah she's a singer for postmodern jukebox which is a project uh that my good friend scott bradley started that has millions of followers on youtube takes current songs, play them like they're from different eras. It's the music of today, tomorrow is what we say. <laughs> and I've been able to travel the world with Sarah Nimitz. Uh, and she is just a good, kind soul. And she is not a children's musician. But when I uh, wrote that song, A Good Friend's Hard to Find, with my friend Matt, uh, we knew it would be a duet. And I, I knew Sarah was the right person for it, that she had the right voice for it, but just the right heart, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is such a wonderful, successful artist. She's never really done children's stuff before but she was so right for it and she sounds so great uh little cruda is um an a, a chamber orchestra in new york city that i i have some friends that are a part of uh it's it's primarily an all women chamber orchestra um but it it kind of um i've seen it a few times with with some dudes in it uh but <laughs> well said it, yes it, it's primarily all women when she can make that happen though uh which i love that she uh, that's that's a goal for every time they perform. But also the cool thing about what they do is um, they uh, they um, try to get funding so that they can work on other people's uh, work. It's more that they're they're funded from supporters as opposed to charging artists. Mm. Um, so when they do shows, they always have guest singers every time, kind of like Postmodern Jukebox, how like a different singer comes out every time. But the singer sings their original music that they perform, you know, with an acoustic guitar and a piano or something like that. But Little Cruda takes their original song and builds out an orchestration around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the work that we did for for this. And they, they sounded beautifully on it. Yeah, they really do. Okay, so let's um so the record's awesome and everyone's got to check out the record. There's a song on there called Oopsie Do, but there's a little bit more going on with that one than than just the song. You want to say a word about that? Yeah, yeah, real quick that um Oopsie Do is my first uh picture book. Um through uh uh Harper Collins and it is 
for sale right now on Amazon, and also it's um, uh, if you go to a bookstore, if you go to a Barnes and Noble, it's there, nice. uh, which which is wild. Yeah, I couldn't. The first day that, that it came out, I went to like nine Barnes and Nobles around New York City and just like took pictures at every single one. That's so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, what I, like? Did you ever think that like that was something that was going to be part of your life, like being a published author in Barnes and Noble? It definitely, it definitely was a goal of mine. Um, and uh, I was able to, when I was hosting Sunny Setup, uh, authors would come on uh, and we would do like a little skit with Chica. And I, I got to meet the, the publishers that would come with the authors and talk to them about the work that I do. And they said, come on in, let's talk about doing a book. So it was really lovely that I got, I got, to, got to do that and I hope to do more. Uh, it was a really nice experience. And I love having that thing that um, kids can, kids can, it's a it's a good bedtime story. It's a good story for uh, a preschool classroom. I just wanted kind of a game that kids could play, and uh, it's the response from it has been great. So I'm really excited about it. Good. I, I love that you're. Um, well, and you know, this is all like sort of. I you know I was gonna say I love that you're like giving so much to the community of like families that that you know there's the music and then there's the book, but there's more, right? So you also. Um, have started something called, and you mentioned postmodern jukebox, but yes. you have a new video series. I, I think it's fairly new, right? And it's called, yeah. oh, is that right? It's it's fairly new. Oh yeah, we, it's it's only been for about two weeks. Oh, okay, so like brand new. It's a baby, um, yeah. and it's called postmodern juice box. Sure, <laughs> and you have a, a very um, a very talented sort of co-host for that. Um, I- uh, Clara Nett is her name. Yes, Clara Nett. Has she been? Uh, is she someone you've known for a while, or is she a new character? She is a new character. Um, it's funny. Postmodern Juice Box is so new, but the name Postmodern Juice Box is not new. Okay. Uh, we had been talking about doing this for years. Uh, as soon as kind of, I would say, a month or two after Postmodern Juice Box kind of became this viral thing, uh, that Scott said postmodern juice box to me and i was like what what's that he's like I don't know, it's the kid's version of postmodern juice box and i was like we should make that he's like yeah we should absolutely make that and we would say that to each other for years um but then uh finally i uh i mean uh, my relationship with uh sprout ended uh and i wasn't really sure what i was doing i was singing songs and doing things in new york city um but i wasn't I wasn't as busy as I used to be, and as you could tell, I like to be very busy. Yeah, definitely. So Scott uh, called me up. He's like, "Hey, man, I think it's time to make Postmodern Juice Box." I'm like, "Yeah, I think you're right." So he said, well, "Why don't you uh, move to Los Angeles, and uh, we'll you you can stay at the Postmodern Juice Box house, and we'll turn one of the extra bedrooms into a children's TV set, and we'll make Postmodern Juice Box." I'm like, "Yeah, all right, let's do that." Wow. Well. <laughs> So, so you, I live in Los Angeles now. Oh, you live in Los Angeles. Okay, cool. Wow, man, you're like... I'm, I'm kind of back and forth, um, but I, I live there uh, developing what Postmodern Juice Box is going to be mostly. Great. Um, so it's brand new. There's only three videos so far. Right. And what I love about it um, is, so you had Sarah on an episode and she's teaching Clara the notes, and then you had someone come in and teach about scatting. Yeah. And it's it's sort of like a different 
angle. Like scatting is kind of a sophisticated thing in, in a way. Like it's like a jazz standard kind of thing. And to for kids to learn about it in the way that you taught it, I thought was really, really engaging and really, really good. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're trying to, uh, I mean, Postmodern Jukebox is all about real music, about uh, uh, all these old time styles. So trying to teach that kind of, um, that knowledge to preschoolers and early elementary uh, so I really I love the way that it's what Postmodern Juice Box currently is. It's it's me, Tim. I'm tambourine guy. Uh, if anyone knows tambourine guy, yeah. box. so I'm Tim the tambourine guy and my friend Clara and we are uh, we love music. And each time we have a Postmodern Juice Box guest come in and they teach us a little bit about music. Uh, so they teach us. They sort of bring up this concept and uh, we're interested in the concept, but we don't fully grasp it. And then it's, oh, well, let's see it. Uh, so then it goes to a video of the PMJ member with Scott, the creator of PMJ, kind of demonstrating uh, that musical concept on a very high level. Yeah, it's uh, cool. And, and then it gets brought back to us, and then it's kind of kind of playtime with that concept and, and working out what that is. So in scatting, Clara gave it a try. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it, it's fun, and it's it's loose, and it's, it's kind of um, – it's it's exactly what PMJ has always been is sort of new school and old school at the same time. So it feels like an old timey kids TV show, but but we're um, we're well, the fact that it's it's on YouTube and we're kind of we try to make it really on all the platforms, which is where it's going to be. So the PMJ thing is always mixing the old and the new, and that's what Juicebox is going to be as well. Nice, wow. Okay. Um, so it's, I'm like just so impressed with your, your, your energy level and the things that you do. And, and the thing that I love about the postmodern juice box is, um, you're so comfortable interacting with Clara and, you know, spoiler alert, Clara is a puppet, but you're just like talking to Clara, like, Hey, Hey Clara, like what's going on? You know? And I think that's just a, a really nice thing for kids to see like oh, thank you so much i mean yeah. definitely it's it's the thing i mean i talked to chica the chicken on yeah. Sprout. i think i did uh i think i was live for 400 hours uh on sprout oh wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> bring it all down so talking to a puppet is definitely second <laughs> now it's yeah. yeah and speaking of which are you still working with sesame street i sure am yeah it's a songwriter okay uh, cool which I, I love being on the other side of the camera as well. I love working that kind of stuff out, especially working with such wonderful brands like Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of the coolest one, I, we talked about Julia, I think the last time, uh, but since then, the cool one is uh, we wrote a song that Ellie Goulding and Elmo and Abby Cadabby all sing together. Oh, yeah. And uh-huh. that, that was a lot of fun to do one that Ellie Goulding sings because I love pop music. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's my favorite kind of music. So uh, when we got that, I only had thirty six hours or something to to deliver the song. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I listened through the most recent Ellie Goulding record three times through, and try it. My producing partner and I tried to write a song that sounded like it was the like B side from that record. That it was like this is this is just another Ellie Goulding song. <laughs> Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, can you hear me, or do we have a? Are, 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 are we? Are can you hear me? Okay, cool. Um, sorry, let me just write down what time we're at here so I can edit oh, this. Bit. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's my uh, 
It's my thing. Um, okay, so Tim, you and I have something else in common. I mean, aside from me being a fan of everything that you do, which is, you know, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily have that in common, but that's just an important thing. Um, yeah. We're both podcast hosts. We are, yes. So tell me a little bit about the Highlights Hangout. Sure. Uh, the Highlights Hangout is a uh, new podcast that started this summer, I think. Um, it's a monthly podcast uh, where uh, from Highlights Magazine, uh, so which is something that I loved when I was a kid. Yeah. Kind of taking what Highlights is on the pages and bringing it to the airwaves. Um, so it's me and another host, Juanita, and we kind of do all the – it was kind of a reimagining of the games and the puzzles and the jokes – uh, from Highlights Magazine, and now it can be listened to on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Wherever, yeah, not, yeah. yeah. We, as hosts, we need to be good at saying it. Stitcher, Apple yeah. Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Um, and that, that's been a lot of fun because it's with Highlights Magazine, which I is incredible work that they've done for. They, they've been around for a long time. I should know it's something like eighty years or something like uh, that. Yeah. And then also with um, uh, the team behind Wow in the World. Uh, the podcast for kids mm-hmm. um, uh, highlights and wow in the world got together and wanted to make a new podcast for kids. And here's the highlights hangout. That's it's so great. And we've listened to it and we love it. And uh, again, like your joy comes through when you're, when you're talking oh. about it. So um, it's all characters too. Goofus and gallant comes by. Oh, it's- yeah. That's great. And the hidden sounds instead of hidden pictures. Really oh. cool. So you do listen. Thanks I a lot. Do. Yeah, come on. I mean, I got three kids. This is like, this is why I do this podcast because I want to be able to, you know, a it's our family's experience of of finding things and and listening to things and staying on top of this, right? And then it's like, hey, if it's really good, we got to talk about it. Um, so so Tim, the new record is Building Blocks, and yeah. the video is called. Hang on, I'm I'm scrolling. It's called Ready for You, and there's Sesame Street stuff, and there's Postmodern Juice Box, and there's the the highlights Hangout. If I were a person that didn't know how to find all of this stuff and to keep up with you and what you're doing, what are the best ways to do that? Oh man, it's there's there should be easier ways to do it. <laughs> I do all these things, and sometimes the things like I'm not sure all those things are on my website, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's that's the part that I need to figure out. But uh, yeah, if you go to my website, it's just timkubart.com, and uh, and I more than my website, I update my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter all the time. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, especially uh, if you want to know where I'm going to be, because on top of all this, I'm also touring. Um, so oh, wow. most weekends, I try to play concerts for kids around um uh i guess this isn't going up in time but well i'll be in westchester this weekend (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) but we can find those dates in general on your facebook page and instagram etc yeah i I try to keep my website up to date but sometimes i fall behind on that but i up to date on facebook yeah and i will say that when this episode goes up i will have links to the record links to the highlights hangout links to how to get the book links to the postmodern juice box. So thank you so much in that way. We'll be able to find everything all in one place. Well, Tim, 
just hearing about all the stuff that you do uh, makes me want to take a very, very long nap. But I'm <laughs> glad that you're doing it, and I'm glad that you have the energy to do it and bring joy to the world and happiness. The new record is called Building Blocks. Go check it out. There's the book, Oopsie Do. There's Postmodern Juice Box. There's the Highlights Hangout. There's more to come, I imagine. And uh, Tim, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much, Mike. This is what I love to do, so, so thank you. And now the song Oopsie Doo from Tim Kubart's Grammy-nominated album, Building Blocks. When I wake up, ready for a brand new day, I think that I know how things are gonna go, but maybe I don't. Sometimes I try my best, but I trip and fall or miss the ball. Or make a mess, but don't worry at all Don't need to be afraid When things don't go my way I just say, oopsie-doo, oopsie-doo You're gonna make mistakes too And when you do, we just say, oopsie-doo Oopsie do, it's just a thing we all do. Do 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 do. Pick up my bag and spill all my food. I think I'm making beautiful art, but it doesn't turn out how I wanted to. No, when I do something wrong, don't you know that it's nothing new? Another day, a chance to say. Oopsie, doopsie, 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 don't need to be afraid when things don't go my way. I just say, oopsie do, oopsie do, you're gonna make mistakes too. And when you do, we just say, oopsie do, oopsie do. It's just a thing we all do Every little flub and every mess up Is just another chance for everyone To help out and show they care By being kind and being there Oopsie-doo, oopsie-doo we're gonna make mistakes too And when we do, we just say Oopsie-doo, oopsie-doo It's just a thing we all do Do-do-do-do-do-do And now Frank and Dean join me to talk about their Grammy-nominated record, The Nation of Imagine. Stay tuned all the way to the end to hear their full song, I Blew My Kazoo at the Zoo. Very fun and very cool to welcome Frank and Dean to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you guys doing today? Oh man, we're doing awesome today. We're fantastic, Michael. You are currently listening to the voice of Frank. Okay. And this would be the voice of Dean. Okay, so we we sort of, just before we got rolling here, I, I congratulate you, and I want to congratulate you again for realsies on the Grammy nomination, 2019 Grammy nominees, Frank and Dean. That's really exciting. Congratulations to you both. It's a little boggling of the mind 
Fantastic yeah. would be uh, an understatement. Yes. Yeah. Cool. I can imagine. You know, having uh, having lived that dream for many, many, many years and not being anywhere near it, I, I imagine that's pretty cool. So um, when we'll get to some of the music that that put you in that spot, which is well uh, well deserving of that sort those sorts of accolades. Um, but before we do that, like. So we were talking. One of you's in Virginia. One is in the the war. The, I can't even do it. The war of the fort in Dallas. Um, or or sorry, that's probably getting me in trouble. But in Fort Worth, not Dallas. But how do you guys? Where are you coming from? Maybe a little bit of your uh, individual backstories and how you came together as Frank and Dean. Hello. Oh, okay. I'll start with this that, one. It always goes well when you say something like that, and there's just exactly. silence. Exactly, we're, we're, we're giving you dramatic silence to build into this fantastic conversation. You know, a good podcast has those moments of drama. Yeah, that's total drama. Well, uh, from the Frank standpoint, I've been musical since a young age. I took basic lessons, and you know, every I guess ambitious young musician aspires to you know take their work to the highest level, which is kind of part of the mind-boggling part of being in this position that we're in uh, because it's sort of one of the, you know, the big accolades that's pretty thrilling to be a part of. But we, uh, I'll, let, I'll let Dean take it over of where we crossed paths eventually, but we, we actually collaborated uh, during college and then had about a decent period of time where we were wondering when we would collaborate again and, and this sort of uh, transpired and I'll let Dean fill in some more of the information of how we, we got ourselves to this point. Great. We have a, a two line policy on answers to questions and he just took up all the lines. So <laughs> I got to figure out how to squeeze behind it. <clears throat> um, yeah, I played drums and bass as a little kid, grew up, went to college, became a professional bass player, started producing albums. We met in Nashville and eventually we joined forces and became Frank and Dean and created the Nation of Imagine. Right. And we're going to get into what the Nation of Imagine is. Um, okay, so Nashville is sort of a hotbed at this point. That is, uh, that's an, an important piece to the whole puzzle. And you guys were in college together? Correct. Okay. Okay. Higher learning is important, as we will, <laughs> as as we should all know. Um, okay. So so you guys met, and what was it that that sort of drew you to um, having the I guess the next evolution of your your f- friendship? I would imagine that comes first, but like musical partnership, what led you to like the family music side of things? Well, Michael, we both agreed if we're going to do this, we're going to do this to set out to make the best album possible, at least to our capacity. And we are committed to making awesome work that essentially includes fans of all ages. So it was along those lines where I think the best example out there would be a company like Pixar, where they have a large and diverse audience that's not necessarily limited just because of a family-friendly movie rating. We had this goal and this vision to create something that Honestly, if you've listened to the album, I think you get an idea of of what that translates to in terms of a body of work that's a little bit more than just songs and music. It's a it's a world that emerged as we were in the creative, you know, the creative process. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. yeah, Dean, do you want to add something? Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, what drew me to him and what probably him drew him to me was we were both uber creative and striving at the time in college to be uh 
as good as we could possibly be at our respective instruments. His was guitar, mine was bass. And we were both into being really, really good musicians. So super creative on top of trying to be really good. And that just kind of, that's why we chose each other versus anyone else that we could have ended up working with. Mm-hmm. And, that- and Michael, I think, yeah, oh, I was going to say, and we got lucky where at the limit of our abilities, when we combine forces, this this explosion of something greater happens that we're always in awe of when we collaborate, where there's just this magical synergy that takes us beyond what we thought we were even capable of, which is pretty exciting. That's great. Does that sort of, so does that happen in the live setting as well or in the... You know, because there's like there's phases, right? There's phases to to being a band. There's the writing phase, and then there's the recording phase, and then there's the going out and doing it live phase. Does it does that sort of happen in in all of those phases? And if I'm missing a phase, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> there's unlimited phases. <laughs> um, sometimes we phase in and out of phases, <clears throat> but we've got um, the live show that we're currently putting together is called the spectacle so that kind of answers the question a little bit and i guess the answer would be yes that is true for the live (laughs) (laughs) my quote for uh in in college or when regarding music performance is if you can tell if you can't tell the difference between a circus and a concert then you've done your job (laughs) whoa (laughs) So, okay so we'll see if we can live up to that but. <laughs> that is um that just opens the doors in so many ways that's amazing okay so so um okay so let's, just trans just transporting the giraffes and elephants is a whole <laughs> yeah it's a whole thing it's a, i'm yeah. sure you guys got that figured out um yeah. So let, let's uh, let's dig into this album a little bit. The first thing is the the album cover, which which looks a little bit familiar. Tell me what's going on with this album cover. Well, if you're a fan of the Beatles, you would have <laughs> known their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club kind of epic album, including their sort of legendary artwork. And as kind of a nod of the hat to them, not only did we make an adaptation, but we designed a one to one perfect adaptation that if you were to digitally take our album art and then you know make it half transparent and you're looking at the sergeant pepper's one behind it even to the point of pupil direction every person every direction every character is uh, a straight adaptation that includes to us heroes of creativity or legends of american history or you know kind of giants in moments in time that we want to kind of pay reverence to with our nation of imagine as well so that's a little bit of what's going on there yeah excellent i like that there's there's lots of layers happening here it's very very good so the nation of imagine let's uh let's give uh, our listeners here just the the general overview of what the nation of imagine is well it's not uh on this planet necessarily but it also is wherever you want it to be because you can go there at any time and our the main things that we're about are imagination creativity and just all-out fun and in the song my imagination we talk about several different places that you can go all those places exist in the nation of imagine and the entire uh we'll say universe of that will be expanded as the uh as time passes and you hear future recordings and future videos and all kinds of good stuff that has yet to be released 
Great. And Michael, for your for your audience, mm-hmm. we experienced as creators this exciting, unexpected kind of magic where we were writing songs, and I'll I'll tell you, this world emerged from the work, and I kind of revealed itself to us, and we were participants <clears throat> of this thing that we feel is bigger than us, and it's exciting to share that with our audience that you can t- you know you can become basically a citizen and have ownership and be a part of this thing that's not limited to Frank and Dean. It's this kind of wonderful place to, you know, go to without limits. That's great. I like, I love that. And so, so that's the, the first, well, I guess we shouldn't say I, I, it's not the first track of the album, but what I loved about the record, which I spent time listening to with my daughter today is um, it, it brought me back to this like great era of like, I wouldn't call it skits between songs or, or things like that, but just like, breathing room between songs which really sort of amplified the the um presentation of your collective personality those were that was very hard for me to say (laughs) that was many big words in a row but like i i think that it's that that it's true like from the outset right the very very beginning frank and dean present it's uh i was like oh where are they going with this like what what's going like I, I was curious to see, and it sort of piqued my my interest in in the record because it was so different. It was so that particular piece, I guess, putting like those sound collages together. A, how long did that take, honestly? And then B, <laughs> how fun was it to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the uh, the putting together part of the answer, and I'll let Dean take the uh, kind of technical part of the answer. But we knew from the beginning we wanted more than just ten songs on a CD. We wanted to go kind of back to what you said, sort of a nostalgic kind of thing where um, we wanted to create an experience and we wanted to create a seamless album. And whether you went all the way to the end or not, there might even be some hidden surprises that are from the, the golden era of, of CD um, album, kind of concept albums. So it's one experience that we're also intending for you to enjoy with our premium book in hand that's a part of the CD package. Um, and if you join our fan club on our website, you get a digital version if you've downloaded it on iTunes, for example. Uh, but essentially, we we want to have something that we consider kind of cutting edge, old fashioned, where it's you know it's a little bit of a you know pushing the edge of what you're expecting, while also giving audiences of all ages something that is familiar and enjoyable and really really rewarding to listen to and enjoy. Great. And it was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, great! Oh, happy to hear it. Um, that sums up our our studio process. Yeah. Really fun. Really fun. Okay. Well, really fun it is. So, so I was listening with my my son who is nine, and as we talked about a little bit, we are uh, we're we're in Houston, Texas, so pretty new to Houston, Texas. And there's a. Uh, there's there his favorite thing in the world to eat is uh, queso chips and queso and that plays a <laughs> prominent part in the song holy guacamole and I think that you know I, I would love to hear a little bit about how how that particular song came together because it's you know we eat a lot of that kind of stuff around here at this point and always have and uh, it's just really like as far as like an homage to like one of our favorite types of food, like my family's particular favorite types of food, I thought it was really well done. So, so take me through it. Well, once upon a time, there were, there was some, uh, ska influence in our lives and, uh, that played a part into the musical 
um, nature of that song, but really it comes down to we uh, we love Mexican food, and <laughs> it doesn't hurt that in the Spanish language a lot of the words rhyme, so <clears throat> it lends it right to itself. And then if you go to a Mexican restaurant, you can just read right down the menu and sing the lyrics to the song. So if you see the lyric sheet in the CD, we actually made it into a Mexican style menu, and you just read right down the right down the line. So it, and also I will say this: the video that is forthcoming to that will uh, further increase the queso portion. Oh, man. <laughs> and right. you can't say there's not a love song on this album because that is the yep. love song of Frank and Dean. This is... we, live, we live by this anthem. <laughs> I knew, I, I knew, like, you know, I've always been like a sucker for a great love song and I knew that that was part of it. This is just all love. All love for queso. Okay, so the other one that we really... There, there were two others that we really kind of keyed in on. Um, and I was glad to have my kids in the car because sometimes I do when I'm talking to artists like we do have time as a family to sort of take this in and sometimes we don't I feel really lucky that for this one we did um, I blew my kazoo at the at the zoo they were all over it it was wild like where does what are the pieces that come together for, for that one well if you listen to the song it's uh, the pieces are all there and I would say that's a good example of where we took something that from the name, you might come into that song with expectations, but by the time you're done getting through that song's experience, you might find yourself somewhere you didn't expect, and it's been a fun ride from beginning to end, totally. complete with the ability for you to have your own <laughs> blue Frank and Dean kazoo. I've heard. Uh, yeah. Should you be so brave as a parent to put that in your children's hands, and it's a blast, and we, you know, we love it. Nice. So let, let's talk, so technical music kind of question. Um who is on the kazoo solo? <laughs> that would be Dean. And uh -huh. uh, we're actually working on a, a manual called Advanced uh, Kazoo Performance for the Modern Century. Uh -huh. And um, that'll be out soon in case anybody wants to get in the studio and really just nail the the technical aspects of recording kazoos you know for the for the elite kazoo <laughs> the elite, the elite, elite <laughs> kazoo recording but yeah. there's there's something else underneath that kazoo line there's something something otherworldly potentially or or maybe not otherworldly but it's just like to uh to give it a little bit of oomph and i love the way that uh i'm not asking for studio secrets i'm just telling you it, it helped to beef it up and really make it stand out and i thought it sounded really really good i'll tell you well, the secret right now what's exactly. the secret sauce Magic. Uh huh. I figured. I figured as much. And we've had the world's first kazoo orchestra. Is I <laughs> guess that's part of our. We'll let you behind the curtain a little bit. Yeah, it's please. A world premiere. Uh -huh. The F and D kazoo orchestra will be appearing with us at the spectacle when it comes to your town. Wow. Okay. So you're traveling with a full kazoo orchestra. Like every thanks to magic. Ba thanks magic, to magic brings it with tenor, bass soprano i love it okay great so then the other one um and then you know so a lot of these you catch my ear musically and then you know it, it it um it sort of goes from there but i thought that the message and the music for the song golden rule were both really 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 good and really 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 important for kids to hear because i think that people talk about the golden rule all the time but to put it to music i thought was uh particularly good you know and um for those of you that don't know, the golden rule is treat others the way that you want to be treated. And to, to have that in a song with, a, by the way, 
um, Frank, I assume that's you playing some guitar on that. Is that right? You're doing that. That is a bit. correct. That is a correct assumption. That was um, one of those ones where I I was, you know, it doesn't happen often, but I was listening to it. I'm like, what what is he playing? It like sort of spun my mind a little <laughs> bit. Um, so so what was uh, what's behind that that little bit of guitar trickery that you had going on there? Well, I would say I've had some. Uh, good privileges of having kind of magical influences on my playing and all of those sort of, uh, you know, the the special sauce just kind of been stewing inside me. And then Dean was saying, let's let's put something phenomenal on this track. And then, boom, oh. out comes this uh, kind of happy, joyous, somewhat technical, uh-huh. uh, really fun, <laughs> lively uh, part that I honestly was pretty flattered by having some guitar players, you know, enjoy it from a technical standpoint that yeah. we're not in a way trying to oversimplify our music to get a bigger audience we're trying to raise the bar and play stuff we're going to love not only playing but love having audiences listen to as well yeah that's well i i appreciate that a lot so we've talked about magic and i i cannot even fathom the training and the amount of magic that's gone into making this particular record <laughs> if there was another song that sort of captured a bit of of the uh the nation of imagine or and, and sort of also put the stew or the magic of the sauce into it what would be another song that you would want that you're pretty proud of and i know that that's not necessarily a fair question because there's you know looking at this there are 20 tracks and it's hard to choose a favorite amongst the 20 tracks but if you had to Maybe just point folks in one, or if that's too hard, too, to really give them, outside of the ones we talked about, the flavor for what you guys are going for. That would be great. I'd say we both answer this in different ways, more than likely, but I would say uh, Time to Get Up. Okay. Another another great uh, potential alarm song for your kids on a typical weekday before school. Cool. Great. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Dean. I. I like the oh. fact that we have multiple styles that still have our signature sound, but uh, you also get treated to some of our interludes might actually also include numerous members of the Nation of Imagine that aren't specific songs per se, but you're going to get kind of a, a special uh, sampler of more than just you know a sliver of our world. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing that. And it, I'm happy that you both agreed. Like, that's a really nice thing. That's true partnership. Um, so so how do we uh, keep up with you and, and follow you and make sure that we're up to date? It sounds like there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline in terms of different videos and, and, and spectacle experiences and, and, and also new music. It sort of sounded like at one point, but which I would not... Uh, which would not surprise me based on the creative creativity you guys seem to exemplify in your partnership. But how do we keep up with you and make sure that we are up to date on the latest and greatest from Frank and Dean? I believe the best starting point is to go to our website. Uh, don't forget there's an E at the end of Dean. So it's Frank and Dean all spelled out D E A N E dot com. And you can search for us that way and find us on other social media, but we like the home base to kind of start from our website and go from there. Great. Great. Um, all right. Well, guys, again, congratulations on a well-deserved Grammy nomination. It's very, very cool. Uh, the music is great, really well-produced, really well-played, um, all those things, but also really fun for everyone to listen to, all ages. So congratulations on a job well done. It was great hearing from you and talking about the tunes. Thank you very much. Michael, it's a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you so much. 
Hope you enjoyed that trip to the nation of Imagine with Frank and Dean, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Tim Kubart. Uh, good luck to Frank and Dean. Good luck to Tim. Good luck to Lucy. Good luck to Falu. Good luck to the pop-ups. I just think the Grammys are the coolest. The coolest. And it is such a gift to be able to talk to these folks about why they do what they do and, and the incredible music that they make. So, yeah. Email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com. I'll be watching the Grammys. Will you be watching the Grammys? I'll probably be watching most of it. I mean, I'm going to have to be putting a lot of kids to bed, but, you know, after that. Okay, here is Frank and Dean's full song, I Blew My Kazoo at the Zoo. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.
I need to have a word with you. And then the zookeeper told me that I'd have to keep it down. The animals are wild here and they don't like funny sounds. I thought about it for a while and I didn't know what to say. I'd had such a good time with my kazoo throughout the day.